This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we start the episode, I am so excited that this week is Anchor Media's Open House. You guys have heard me talking about it over the last couple of weeks. If you've ever wanted to work with me to launch or grow your podcast, now is the opportunity. If you've ever gotten accepted to our past retreats and haven't been able to attend, this is the open house you need to come to. And if you're an international podcaster and you want to work with the Anchor Media team to launch and grow your platform, you especially need to be at this open house because I am so excited about our offerings this year and I cannot wait to tell you about it. If you're a podcaster and your show is out, it's time consuming, you just don't want to spend the time doing anything but talking and you definitely don't even know where to start when it comes to the monetization side, come to the open house. I cannot wait to introduce the new offerings that we have with Anchored Media and tell you all about our new retreat that's going to be totally different than anything that we've done before. So again, if you've ever been curious or want to work with Anchored Media or thought about it, come to our open house this week. It's free. No risk, just come. I just want to tell you about our company and of course, be there to answer any questions live that you may have. The link to register for that is in the show notes. Once you sign up, we'll send you over the access information and I can't wait to see you this week. Let's start this show. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. 
Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. Welcome back to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. This is an interview that I'm excited about because, Kristen, I don't know if you know, but your episode is literally like one of the top listened to episodes all time. The very first, the very first interview we did is like literally one of the top. Yes. For like that was back in maybe 2019, 2018. Yes. And, and I was still, sharing it. I was talking mm-hmm. about it all. Okay. And it's still like up there. So, you know, I'm excited to have you back because having you on the show is always a fave. And it's been a while. Last time we talked, I went back to see exactly when it was. The last interview was in June of 2020. Oh, girl, was that? That was in the midst of thick of the things. We was in thick of, thick of the pandemic. I thought it was pre-pandemic, but it definitely was in, in the midst of it. Nope. Wow. And two years later, we still in a pandemic. <laughs> Ghetto. <laughs> But before we get started, those of you guys who are listening, I suggest going back to listening to part one and part two, because I don't want to retell anything. I want to really pick up from where we left off. But just a quick introduction. Let people know who you are and what you do. Yeah. So my name is Kristen Hopkins, and I'm the CEO and founder of Dangers of the Mind. Um, I'm a social emotional learning expert, and I shift the narrative of high risk students to high promise stories to culturally responsive and culturally affirming resources. So we really focus on um, just black and brown students and making sure that they have all the resources that they need. And we fight for equity and, you know, for uh, do a lot of prison to pipeline work, you know, and I'm a disruptor, as they would say. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's pretty much what we do here at DOM. Yeah, so let's talk about what the dangers of the mind are because there's a list of them. So those who don't know, let's let's name them all. Yeah, so there is a list of them. So there is fear, there is brokenness, there is insecurities, uh, there's complacency, there's uh, distractions, there's ego, there's pride, um, there's perception, um, and there is dependent. And so there are really nine dangers of the mind that we focus on. And um, it talks about the internal attacks against your everyday thought life that shift your progress. So we're talking about things that people do not see, right? If I say, like, y'all, I'm insecure, y'all might be like, her hair is laid, her lashes is done, her nails is done but you know i have my own insecurities that people do not see same as fear and complacency and so we wanted to talk about um or our company talks about just making those things known and identifying what they are in your life specifically and then finding ways to continuously combat them on a daily basis yes and i love that you're doing this in these urban areas because this is these dangers of the mind are no matter what socioeconomic status you are it's relevant, but mm-hmm. where the resources are slim is in these various areas that you serve. And so I'm, I want to get to that in a second, but before we get to the work, I want to talk about the dangers of the mind and how they present themselves for us. So like I said earlier, two years ago was our last interview and that was a few months into the pandemic. So the world shut down, at least for the U.S. around March. Our interview was in June. So here we are still in a pandemic. How did the insecurities and brokenness and all of these dangers of the mind that you mentioned, how did those things present themselves for you um, throughout the pandemic over the last couple of years? Yeah, so it definitely presented itself. Like I always tell people that 
once you like identify the dangers of the mind, you're no longer the victim, right? So you acknowledge them, you're no longer the victim and you feel convicted when these things arise. So if I'm sitting down on the couch and I'm just too comfortable and I'm over here watching, binge watching a series when I know I should be reading or something and I start feeling complacent, I start feeling convicted, right? When I look in the mirror and feel like I'm identifying all these insecurities, I'm like, nope, that's the dangers of the mind. That's also the devil, you know, and I feel convicted, right? And it's like, it's, it's these things make you feel convicted. But I'll say what I went through during a pandemic, the first thing was I started a nonprofit called Dangers of My Education Fund um, because I do a lot of nonprofit work. You know, I've been to Ghana and Haiti and all of my pocket, you know, prior to me creating this nonprofit. And um, I've been donating couches to schools, you know, just, just a giver. You know, God has, that's just who I am. God and my whole family is, we're just givers and we believe in it and sowing seeds. And so um, when I created the nonprofit arm, it just was a lot for me because it was like, okay, God, I have Dangers of the Mind, I got Kristen Hopkins Global, and I got a Dangers of My Education Fund. Now, these are three businesses in their own, like, entities that I need to now run. And um, one thing that I'll say, y'all know y'all get the tea, okay? Y'all get the real tea. At the <laughs> Ain't nobody else getting this tea. So this is a first exclusive tea. Um, but um, when I, I knew all, like, since I was a little girl that I learned differently. I learned very differently. And I felt that I was never taught the way that I like to learn. So like mm -hmm. um, when tests would come, I would get very like nervous. I would get very like, um, just like like not confident. I would get very insecure thinking that I'm gonna fail the test. And I never knew what that was, but I was always still getting good grades in school. And then when I got to college, um, I was able to, you know, blessed with the opportunity. And y'all know if y'all listen to the other episode, um, the first episode, y'all knew I went to China. I was a black girl speaking Mandarin and Chinese. Y'all couldn't tell me nothing. You know, in China I had like the little bang, the bob, you know, I looked black and knees, you know, I, I fell all into the field. Like I thought I would just in here, like I want to live there for real and stay. But um, I literally found that I was an audio learner. So I would go outside and like after my reading, writing and listening classes, I would go outside and have this taxi driver named Shafu. And I would be like, hey, Shafu, I want to go, you know, to, you know, McDonald's or whatever. And he, and we never, he really never understood what I was saying until I realized it was McDonald's and KFC was cut the G and all those things. But I learned when I didn't knew, know the language or if I didn't understand, I would say, well, Buja Dao, that means I don't understand, like explain. And I realized that I was literally learning through him explaining things to me versus like learning in the classroom. So that's mm -hmm. the first time I knew I was like an auditory learner. And then of course, with PR at my background, I knew I was a kinesthetic learner. Like I like to be hands-on, all that. But I had to learn that on my own. And the reason why I'm saying that is because at 34 years old, during the pandemic that we're still in, um, I found out that I had ADHD. And it made sense to me after a while. It was like, a, honestly, like an unlocked key because um, I was up, up for my master's and, you know, get my master's now. And I will talk about it later, but I was um, going to the doctor and I was like, my, my doctor was like trying to tell me like, you know, I had high anxiety and, and she was trying to put me on anxiety pills. And I was like, first of all, I'm not taking that, like, period. I'm not taking that. I just knew somebody else already on that. And they were like super depressed. And I was like, I'm not taking those pills. So she was getting kind of annoyed with me because I just kept rejecting taking that those pills. And so um, I was like, I feel like there's something deeper. This is not anxiety. This is not, you know, depression. I, like, I wake up very, very happy every day. Like, that's just one thing about me that I think that I thank God for because I have a very consistent personality where I'm like, you gonna get what you're gonna get from Chris Hopkins and I'm always gonna be like this like you're gonna see me and I'm like hey girl because I'm really like thankful to be alive and to do what I do like that's one of the things I don't take for granted so um I went and took this test and y'all I was like 
like literally like pulling out my hair in the test. Like mm-hmm. I was like, why are they asking me these questions again that I just asked? Why are they, you know, um, asking me to, to recite a color that I saw like five slides ago that I don't remember what color that was. Like I'm, I was getting annoyed. And so I looked at the results and the doctor was like, your reasoning is so high. You know, you have all these functions that are so high and your executive function um, is low, you know, your memory is low. And so it made a lot of sense to me as why, you know, people would come in and out my company and I wouldn't be able to train them the way that I knew how to train them because that was a low part of what I, I just, I, I just do what I do. You know, you know how you try to find somebody that's like, Ooh, can this person be a duplicate of me? And it's like, nobody can be a duplicate of me because I, how I learn and how I work is so differently. Like my mm-hmm. team will sit around me and be like, like, how are you getting all these things done? I got 50 tabs open and your girl be out here working, okay? But it was my thing. So I found that at that age, like 34, I'm 34 now, you know, that I had ADHD. And that created a lot of insecurity with me because I it created some, like, moments of, like, relief. Almost like, okay, this is what was going on this time. Like, I'm a visionary too, so... I got all these thoughts going on and I'm jumping and doing this. And I told y'all in my last couple episodes, that's why y'all see a podcast and a clothing line and brand ambassadors. Cause I was like, God, you show me this and I'm going to do it. But as I matured, I realized that God, you shoot, you showed me this, but this is not just necessary for right now. And mm-hmm. so when I found that I had this, I was like, this makes a lot of sense to why I jump and do things so quickly because it's like, it's like an impulsive, like got to do it now, like type of thing. And so, you know, I prayed about it and I got strategy from God and I realized like, you know, how I can cope with this. But that was something that was like, it was as I was building the education fund, as I was building Danger Maya, as I was hiring more people, that was always something in me that was like, God, can I really do this? You know, like, cause a lot of people don't speak about this, especially in the black community. And a lot of black people have this and just don't know they have it. And they realize that something's not right or they, they're, you know, they're processing information, you know, very quickly, but it's like all, all over the place. You know, they can't um, compartmentalize it, you know? And so I knew it was something, but I just couldn't like put my hand on it. And so, you know, my, I was raised where my mother, like back in the day, you know, you think something wrong, your mom be like, we're going to pray it out of you. You know what I'm saying? Like I was raised like that. Like we wasn't, we didn't believe in therapists back in the day. We didn't believe like that wasn't something that was, was relevant in the church. We It wasn't talked about in the church, you know? And so I grew up in church and my mother would pray it out of me. And I, I, I swear her prayers worked y'all. I, you know, I got out of college. I got out of like, I just learn. I learned how I learned, but, um, but yeah, so that was one of my biggest, um, like dangers on mind that I battle with during this pandemic, but thankful be to God that like, I really got over that and really knew how to manage and cope. And God gave me a lot of strategy on mm-hmm. how I work and how I set up my days and how I organize my time to really be able to, um, like help me get through that. So that was one of my dangers of the mind that I struggled with. And y'all I had to, I had to really like go, go get a strategy from God. Like, okay, God, the strategy that you gave me two months ago, obviously ain't gonna work because now I know something that I didn't know. So mm-hmm. now I got this information. I'm presenting it to you, God, because I'm giving it to you because you didn't give me Danger of Mind. You didn't give me Chris Hopkins Global. You didn't give me Danger of Mind Education Fund for me to like just not know what to do with it. Like that, mm-hmm. that didn't make sense. This was always a God idea. And so since it's a God idea, I'm bringing this right back to you and saying, this is the dilemma that I see. How are you going to happen? I mean, how are you going to help me, you know, be able to create the strategy to function and allow my executive function to to be able to hire people that I need to hire in these places and be able to train them on what they need to do in these spaces. And so 
that's what, you know, it's, it's helped me. And that's something that time after time, I think we all kind of find like some forms of insecurity and get over them. But mm -hmm. I feel like for me, I just really had to have the strategy and commit to that. Like I yeah. had to what God said, like your schedule is this way and you need to commit to this and you can't have nobody deter you off your schedule. Like you got to put your phone on, do not disturb through these hours to these hours. You can't be on social media from these hours to these hours. If you're doing it, you better automatically post because these are things that distract me. And now my mind is in a whole nother place when I was just focused on something that I was mm -hmm. supposed to focus on. So that's one of the biggest dangers of the mind um, that had me really like like, you know, like down a little bit during the pandemic. And then, you know, when God gave me the strategy, like it brought me right back up. And, you know, so I, but it's, it's real. And so those are, those are the things I always tell people. We don't, we don't just overcome danger of mind and then we don't have them again. You know, they're right. going to come up, but we're going to constantly need to find strategies in order to combat them. I love that you said that. And it's funny because you talk about being a visionary and, you know, identifying these ADHD and I'm the complete opposite to where everything has a system, a structure, even like, and I love talking to people like you who are visionaries because I'm really good at listening and then putting everything everywhere to where it flows. So what I'm hearing is that you identify the dangers of the mind, so the insecurity. And this is the step I think a lot of people get very stuck at because they get, they get emotional about the insecurity, you know? So then you, instead of going to identify the root of it so that you can find a solution, you get stuck in how you feel about it being there. So let's talk about that point for a second. Did you go straight into action mode once you realized the insecurity was present or did you find yourself in a place where you were dwelling on how you felt about it? So um, I remember that, that the day I went to the doctor, I had lunch that that um, like maybe an hour later with my boyfriend. So I sat down with him and I was showing him the results. And he was like, babe, like, like, look at what you've accomplished, you know, like with all this. And I had a moment of crying. I was like, uh, you know, I was like sobbing. But literally, I'm telling you all the next day. Like I refused to dwell in that emotion. Like I did, I couldn't, I couldn't, I had, for me, my thing is I have too much work to do. Like God has already shown me, like he would not have shown me these visions if they were not going to come to pass. I don't, one of the things that my mom has always admired about me and it, it's blessed my heart so much is she was like, Kristen, I've never met a woman of faith like you. I've never in my entire existence, like I have never met a woman up close that has faith like you. And I believe that my faith, opens doors. I believe that my faith activates different realms of understanding for not just me and but other people. And so I had to literally like pull myself up out of that thing. Like I think by like seven or eight o'clock, I was already praying and asking God what the strategy was going to be. I was like, you didn't allow me to figure this out and then about to be going into a master's program in less than a month. You didn't allow me to figure it like, you know, I, I was already annoyed because I didn't want to go back to school anyway. Like that, mm -hmm. I was like, I'm successful. Our companies is booming. Why are you making me go back to school? And I kept hearing this and, you know, we'll get into that later about where I'm at and why I didn't study. But I kept hearing God say that you need to, you know, get more depth of like, like why I've called you to this, you know? And so, um, and so, yeah, I didn't dwell on it. Uh, -uh. I, it took maybe about four hours, you know, to be exact. I think I went to lunch around two o'clock, got done at like seven. I mean, was at my house by seven o'clock and I was like, I need this strategy. I can't, I, I can't dwell on this, especially as a leader, as someone that believes in this. I oftentimes, I'm a little hard on myself because I, I, I tell myself I can't dwell. Like you, you have a, a five to 10 minute emotional window, you know, get it out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm 
saying? Because if you don't, you could find yourself dwelling in that and you don't catch yourself. And that's mm -hmm. what the danger of the mind is about. You got to catch yourself. You got to know the familiar places that the danger of the mind will take you. And when I felt that familiar place, I'm like, oh, uh uh, baby, I'm not staying here. Like, this ain't, this ain't it for me. And I haven't been, I haven't struggled with a danger of the mind in a very long time to that extent. So when mm -hmm. I felt it, it was so heavy. Like, it was like, I always tell people when I speak, that, like, about check your invisible emotional backpack. Like, we all carry these invisible backpacks around every day. And, uh, like, step one to self-awareness is identifying your emotions. And so I had to literally call them joints out by name. Like, this is what I feel. And this is what's in my backpack right now that no one can yeah. see. And it ain't going to be there for long because I don't have time to go in and, and inspire people and motivate people and be carrying this in with me. Like, I, I can't, you know, because it's me, I'm very... I'm very um, serious about like not being a woman of like that's contradictory. Like that's just really important for me. Like especially leading this work, this social emotional work. I tell people, SEL is all up in your business. If you trying to do this work, you shouldn't be doing this if you don't want to let people know your business. Because highly self aware people are like you can tell. Like mm -hmm. highly people like identify with other highly self aware people, and so you could tell if somebody's faking the funk. And I don't have time for that, especially. Mm -hmm. And the lane that I'm in, I'm trying to heal people. I'm trying to set people free at the same time. You know, this is ministry for me too. So I don't have time to sit here and be dragging this backpack around that I can't identify my, for myself, but then telling you to set it free. Like it don't work like that. Mm -hmm. So I had to really like gather my emotions and say, God, give me the strategy and let me, like, I even read back my book time to time. You know, I recreate my atmosphere. You know, one of my chapters say, you know, here goes the danger of the mind and here's stuff to, 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 to help you combat this. And one of them is recreating your atmosphere. I went home though and I cleaned my house. Like I had to, like me cleaning is clarity for me. So these, some of the things that I activate and do make me be like, okay, now I can sit down and get a strategy. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And so I had to do some of those things to just get me back in a space to then seek God and get understanding and then, you know, be able to, to, to go forward. So. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. It's that season, y'all. And by season, I mean allergy season. I'm someone who has seasonal allergies and it's the worst. My nose gets stuffy. My throat gets scratchy. Sometimes I'll come on and want to record my podcast and sound like a grown man. But Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I have been using Claritin D for many years. One of the biggest struggles that I have with my allergies is that they usually cause sinus problems as well. So Claritin D has been such a relief for me because it addresses not just the allergies, but the sinus issues that happen as a result of the allergies. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by NPR. 
as a Black woman, it, it is just so important to have Black stories and to see myself represented in the media. As a mother of two beautiful Black little boys, it's important for me to show them representations of themselves in the media so that they can be inspired and know that the possibilities are endless for them and their futures, and also so that they can see their stories told. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. I love that because it's not faking the funk. It's not because I... You know what gets on my nerves in these internet streets is the toxic positivity. Yes. Because it's about it. not about faking like something is what it isn't. It's about identifying. Like you say, we have these emotional back. Look at the insecurity dead in his face. Like, I see you. I don't want you. So I'm going to deal with you. Yep. You can't stay here. And I'm not going to ignore you and act like you're not there because that's only detrimental to me, which yeah. makes it detrimental to what God is calling me to do. So in uh -huh. order for me to be the most efficient, I need to be light. And so I love that you yeah. talked about dealing with it. And so now moving on to the next step, you know, my brain being real <laughs> system. <laughs> so now moving on to the next step where you went, then went and took this to God and was like, here, here are the things, <laughs> you know, what did that look like? Because a lot of people, especially who listen to this show, this is a space where they get stuck. Yeah. Where it's hard for them to be vulnerable with God to the point where they can be like here, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And not only here, but really take their hands off and trust that God is going to give them back a solution. So what did the details of that conversation with God look like or any, and then any tips for those people who get caught up in that aspect of it? Yeah, that's so, so good. Um, I would say the first thing is that the devil, we have to remember what the devil's job is. So the devil is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his job, right? So he looks to kill our dreams or, you know, he looks to kill our, our talents and abilities. He looks to steal, you know, our, and rob us from whatever thoughts that are happening that are positive, that we want to, you know, make neck turn negative. And then at the end of the day, he um, looks to steal our destinies, like really, really steal our destinies. So I had to go back to God and remind him. And I actually had to go back to track record. Listen, I'm a track record type of girl. Like I, I write for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. I write because I want to know the track record of God's goodness in my life. Yeah. So I had to 
go back and remember the things that God has brought me from. That was number one. And then I had to really understand and ask God, you know, why have you given me this? And y'all listen to this. This is going to blow y'all minds. Okay. Now, how strategic is God? This is what had me like, oh, God, you got me fired up. Like, I'm the wrong one to tell this information to because <laughs> I'm old out here. So God showed me, he said, I want you to look at every single product you've designed so far. Your products that you design are all right brain, all cognitive behavior therapy in very innovative ways where kids are doing big therapy sessions. Kids are using their right brain, which is creative, it's innovative. Kids are, you know, are kinesthetic movers, auditorial modalities, all these things that we're using. And he was like, you've designed things for children that struggle with ADHD. And you didn't even know you had this. I, and I'm about to get teary-eyed and emotional now, girl, because... You're about to throw something. What? Like, you are so strategic that you allow me to reach kids that I knew in my heart, I knew I was... But I thought it was because, you know, I had these daddy issues and I had all these other things going on and I was reaching kids and doing a ministry. God's like, no, you're reaching kids that have been, that have been misplaced with their IEPs that are called special needs because they don't know how to be learned and taught correctly. You're teaching kids that, that have ADHD and that don't know how to learn and be taught. They not they, Teachers are not taking the time to teach these kids correctly your mission is to reach these kids and with your culturally responsiveness with culturally affirming this and got jerome and tanisha names up in your curriculum so they look like oh these kids sound like us and look like mm -hmm. us you're reaching these kids and it made so much sense to me and god was like and if you could get this far without even knowing that this was the struggle that you were up against imagine now where you can go and it was like it, it made me like it was kind of like it unlocked the key for me. Mm -hmm. And um, I was told by one of my good friends, Tanya, probably about a year ago, we were in the cabins in Asheville for her birthday. And I think it was a year or two years ago. But she was like, God is like telling you that there's this golden key that he's going to show you. Like it's something that you're missing that you don't know about yourself. He's going to show you this golden key. And once you have this key, he was like, she was like, I mean, everything is going to blow up. It's going to be like explosion. And I felt like that when I got this aha moment that God has shown me, I was like, oh my God, like you've allowed me to create these materials for kids specifically. And all of my kids in my program have at least one of these things that are happening. Either they have IEP, they have ADHD, or they're just completely bad and nobody knows how to teach them. Right. And so that's why our programs are necessary. But it was like a, it was like evident that what I was struggling with this whole time in my life, I, obviously I got past it then I was able to teach myself, but there are many kids that, that don't, can't see beyond. Like I'm grateful because God allowed me to see beyond because I'm a visionary and God showed me that this is your circumstance, but this is where I see you. And that's what gave me hope to keep going. But a lot of kids don't have that hope. They don't know how to see beyond their current circumstances. And so through these activities and through these workbooks and through this fun and through rap, making rap songs about your brokenness and doing fear about, you know, skits on fear, all these things, it unlocked this potential and these kids to allow them to see who they were in a different light. And that right there was all I needed Tatum to say, mm -hmm. okay, God, now that I know what you are doing in my life and what you call me specifically to do, give me the strategy on how I need to work 
my weeks, how I need to dedicate my time, how I need to remain uh, ear opening into the school systems to be able to listen to these kids and make sure that that's a top priority for me as a developer, as a curriculum developer, because there's a lot of people that go so high up that they never go back to the school and they don't know what these kids are going through. And I'm, I'm, I'm hearing about it now, but we have been in the, through the whole pandemic, y'all, I've been in the classroom. I'm, I'm a provider. Do I have to be there? No. Am I there? Yes. I literally spend like, I, I dedicated like a week, a, a, I mean, once a week to literally sit in the classroom and watch my program in action. I don't be teaching it. I just want to ask, because we do needs assessment. I do things where I understand what's happening in the schools so I can provide better for these kids, right? Mm-hmm. And that was important for me. So that's really what, what did it for me. Like I had that aha moment and that's what was like, okay, God, listen, the revelation is there. And once you tell me something, you don't got to tell me twice when it comes to like, why, why, the why. Mm-hmm. Like, you had to tell me for the obedience part, like, Kristen, here you go. Do it again. I told you this. I told you this instruction. But the why, when you tell me the why, oh, that why, baby, is it for me. Like, I know at least why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that was what I needed to, like, that deeper revelation of the why was what I needed in order to, like, really push me and tell me that you could beat this thing. You could keep moving. And I think was was what I really love about that too is that, or the, where I see that the enemy can really get people off is that the key wasn't in a form of like a new contract or anything that would be welcomed uh, in an excited manner. It was, it came in a form of a diagnosis. Right. And it's very easy to look at the, the outside of something and seeing like, oh, this person just told me I have ADHD, which now is going to be negatively received by me. It's going to trigger me. Oh, that's why I can't do this. I can't. It's easy to spiral into shrinking. And this is why it's so important to take things back to God, because he will then show you the truth. Like, no, your perception is wrong. This isn't something to get sad or or self-deprecating about this is a key that's going to unlock a next level for you but Mm -hmm. I feel like so many people don't get to that point because our emotions keep us from really taking things to God and and getting that strategy from him absolutely so when you did because I know there's a lot of people who are in this space where they may feel that they have ADHD or they can just identify with being a visionary and not being able to focus Mm-hmm. what was what were the strategies that you got that have been working for you yeah so of course my I've got medicine you know that works but I don't I'm being honest with you Adderall can be very addicting and so I've or I researched all of this prior to getting on the medicine I like had very extensive conversations with my doctor I had very extensive conversations with other people that I know that have had ADHD and that have been on medicine for years and I said I need to find out what works for me and so I am very intentional about taking the medicine when I'm like, say I'm building a big major presentation and I just really need to zone out and focus. Um, but I don't like taking it when I'm about to speak. I am, first of all, if you've ever, ever seen me speak in an action, I am like your girl, like I'm all over the place. I like, I am high energy. people, high energy people like literally like book me because of the energy that I bring. So I didn't want to feel like, Oh my God, I'm on a time schedule. Like, cause it makes you like, feel like you have to be super focused on getting things done. And I wanted that authenticity. And so I find that I, I won't use it around things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also it's not just about the medicine. It also, you also have to have a balanced diet. 
my diet has changed dramatically, y'all. If y'all knew I had the chip addiction, like <laughs> it's still going on. Like I used to eat kettle cook, you know, I could name all the chips in the world. And I had also um the um the like my like my boyfriend jokes around about this, but he's like, Chrissy, you be eating like a 17-year-old. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I I eat a little bit, yeah. I used to eat a little bit of uh greens, you know, but I would be like eating fried food and all that. And I had to change my diet because it really helps you chemically, like in your brain, mm -hmm. um, produce. And then uh, the last thing is exercise, you know, and I don't do as much as I should, but this has been something I'm very, very serious to be committed to um, and taking vitamins, you know, for energy. But I think all of those things, like along with the medicine is really what can help you um, because you continue to go. What I, what I will say though, is that, um, when if you do start you know taking um the Adderall or whatever you're subscribed you have to drink a lot of water you have to stay hydrated because that was something that that I was like maybe a two three bottle water minimal girl you know what I'm saying I'm gonna drink some water but like I wasn't the biggest water fan you know and not to say that like I I could taste I know the difference of taste of water you know how you could be like this is Dasani right here with my eyes closed mm -hmm. like, I know water but I wasn't the biggest fan of being like oh I gotta drink tons of water but now I got like this big jar that I'll be like making sure I'm drinking because it does dehydrate you um and those are just some of the things but and then also with the strategy I pray to ask God what like when um I need to work on what business and like what days like really like really strategy and so on Tuesdays I found myself um doing more of my uh, master's work and more of like um, my Christian Hopkins global work and more of just like um, like strategy and prayer with God. Like I don't even want to do no like real meetings and stuff like that. And I've just put that in place and it's been working amazing for me. And then Wednesdays I find like my content days and like, you know, days like that. Like I'm trying to like strategically structure my days. Um, and then also one of the things that my, and I, I say my boyfriend because I'm always around him, but he's brilliant. And one of the things he taught me was that he was very strategic about this because he was like, Kristen, discipline is a love language. It's not a punishment. And so he was like, when you start looking at discipline as a love language, then things won't be hard for you because you love yourself to do it. Right. And so I was like, oh my God. And that, like, it was so simple, but yet so profound um, that I really started looking at my schedule as a love language because I felt like that my schedule was just like, I would take calls at any time, mm -hmm. you know? And I was like, no, like on Mondays, I'm not taking no calls. You ain't really hear from me if you're not here from my Monday morning team meeting. Like that's the only meeting I have. And I'm very strategic about that because I have a lot of admin stuff. I got stuff that, you know, I get to get ready for the week. And then, um, and so just being able to set myself up like that, where I wasn't allowing people to really hit me up and just throw me off because that right there would literally distract me. And they, they wouldn't know it, you know, like they would hit me up and say something or whatever, but I'll be like, now I'm over here thinking about everything I had to do with that when I was just literally focused on something totally different. So mm -hmm. I think the strategy, the, you know, the medicine, the exercise, um, the eating habits, you know, and, and just like vitamins is really important to like maintain it in, in water. Um, it's just to maintain this like um, this regimen that can allow you to be have energy and to you know stay focused. And then of course the do not disturb. Like all my apps go off at like 7 p.m., 7, 8 p.m. If I'm on it, that's because I chose to get back on it and I'll probably get back on it. But you know the thing be like, remind me in 10 minutes. Like I'll yeah. do that. Right. But I, but I do that intentionally because I like to like nowadays, I like to, for my time after like five or six o'clock to be like my time. I don't want to 
be plugged in. And I just did a, a um, we do our legacy, um, legacy, or we do our Let's Talk Marcel parent forums. And um, on those parent forums, one of the workshops we just did was Legacy Over Likes. And we talked about the social, um, the effects of character development in today's youth, you know, through social media. And some of the things I learned, like digital dementia is a disease, is a disease. Like it really uh, affects our cognitive bandwidth when we continue to scroll, scroll, scroll. And some with ADHD, like that ain't good for us. You know, it ain't good for the, the normal person, but it really is not good for us because we already have like our attention span could be short because we go on moving on to this and this and this. And as a problem solver, and as God has called me to be, you know, this person in the earth that solves problems and and as an impactor and, you know, change agent and thought leader and pioneer, I can't afford for my cognitive bandwidth to be like, like impacted. I can't afford that. And I think sometimes we take that lightly, but that's not, it's very dangerous and it's very serious. And where we're going as a society is very scary, you know, because people are not solving problems anymore. They're just scrolling and allowing time to go by through all that's on social media and no one's sitting down like solving real world problems. So I'd be praying for our, our future leaders because, you know, I'm like these kids, like we, we don't study it intensely enough. We don't read research. We, you know, it's, it's just not, happening with us because we're being so entertained and a lot of our time is being wasted. And so for me, I feel like those were the strategies that I had to put in place to really say, okay, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this your way, but I'm also going to be healthy about it. You know, and I'm going to make sure that, you know, everything that I'm doing is very intentional, you know, with the way that I need to continue to move forward. So. And what I'm hearing is creating a culture to where you can operate at your best and by you operating at your best, you're seeing through the things that God is calling you to do. And I I appreciate that because when I hear a lot of maybe the time management conversations or things like that, it can be heavily based off of how much we can check off. Mm-hmm. And I think especially as people who are overachievers, I identify as an overachiever. We can be quick to how much can I get done? How much can I check off these type A personalities? But it's less about how much you can produce. And it's just more about creating a culture where you can operate at your best. And I know for me, I think when I became a mom is when I it really had to like hit me. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I don't know. Because my time was limited at that point. It was easy to be that way before because what else I got to do but work if that's what makes me happy, you know what I mean? But now it's like, no, I have to create a culture to where my priorities are showing in my behavior and my priority, not only, you know, with my family and my business is myself being clear minded. Being relaxed, being happy, you know, enjoying the little things, feeling the sun hit my face, smelling the air, like just being grateful for the little things and the the blessings that God gives us that we overlook. And so Mm -hmm. I'm glad you talked about that, even taking care of our temples, just making sure that we have the energy to do what we have to do, yeah. going to bed on time, putting yeah. good things into yes. our body, all yeah. of that. And that's that's what I want to add to the going to bed on time is so important because I've been waking up at like 5 a.m. and that's just what I've been like doing. My body has been structured and I have not tried to change that. And mm-hmm. so what I was noticing though is I would be exhausted by like six o'clock, but it was because I would be going to sleep late. So I had to change and like literally be like, okay, Christine, like my alarm is my friends laughing at me. They'll be at my house and it, the Alexa will be like, it's time for bed. And it'll be like 9 30 and they'd be like, all right, Kristen. I'd be like, all right, I got to go. Like, you know, so like it's time for bed. Did you hear her? You know, <laughs> right. I'm curious about it because I'm like, you know, I have to 
like practice that. And of course, sometimes I get off schedule and I'll, I'll sleep in though. If I get off schedule, I'm gonna get my eight hours, like regardless. Like yesterday I went out to dinner with my good friend Tiffany and you better believe I woke up at like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock because I just, I couldn't, I had to get my hours in. But um, it's important for me to really like make that a priority for me, especially as I get older, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And then also one of the things I did too was I prioritized to make sure, cause I used to like read my Bible at night a lot of times, like when I got to bed and then, you know, that's, that's just the devil. You start getting tired, start, you know, like going to sleep on the, on the scriptures, but mm -hmm. I really am intentional about making sure I do a lot of my uh, practices in the morning now, like the bulk of them. And then I could like finish some stuff at night. Cause I had this 365, um, and I, I just got back uh, from traveling. So it's in my suitcase, but I got this 365 uh, journal where it like shows you um, like how to read the Bible in, in a year. And mm -hmm. so I have this thing that I've been doing for you know a while now. And I always tell myself that like, I'll, I used to like do the bulk of it at night. So I'll read the scriptures and then answer all the questions at night. But the questions take a lot, you know? So I was like, I had to change that to like read scriptures and do the questions and then reflect on it at night, just mm -hmm. to make sure that I'm doing the bulk of my understanding throughout the, like through the morning so that God could really like show me how this message applies to my life throughout the day. That's it for part one of my interview with Kristen. Make sure you tune in next week for part two. Also make sure you subscribe to the Dangers of the Mind podcast because season three, which is produced by Anchor Media, is coming out really, really soon. See you guys next week. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.